people make things awkward. They don't understand things have a beginning and an end. It's a chapter, not a book, you know? It's like, right. move on. We had a great time together for a while, and then we mutually agreed that we weren't anymore. We don't have to make that's a big the problem deal is, is it, that, you know? That's the problem is, is that most people don't mutually agree that something is over. Like, that's that's a shame. Just, and I think, I, think it just go, I think it just boils down to this whole, like, you know, the best way that I know how to put it is, is that it might be over for one person, but it's not over for the other, mm. but that doesn't matter if it's over for one person, it's over. Like, That's right. And, and unfortunately, you know, we've gotten accustomed to this whole idea that, well, if we just keep fighting for it and, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes if it's over, it's over and that's all you can do about it right it, does, uh, it doesn't devalue you as a person it devalues you as a unit you know <laughs> and it's and it's and i mean it's it's something that's a real struggle it is time now for something positive we might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth the land. and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience, of conscience, because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Franklin, I know we've got to do something. Right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Public Access America. My name is Jason, his name is Jeffrey, and we get together at the end of every week to kind of wrap up the week. We have a great topic, we have some great topics, we have a great note full of stuff, but we also have a co-host named Jeffrey, and I'm kind of curious, what is there a story, an event, something that happened this week that's top on your mind? Oh man, you know... The one that I think I think the only thing that's really still kind of at the center of my mind is this whole um, FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. Okay, I have an update. So I asked I asked you in Sunday's show, is Trump is Merrick Garland Trump's political rival because <laughs> Trump was the reason that Merrick Garland didn't get on the Supreme Court? And I agreed with you that no, they are not political rivals. But I heard the story is that because Trump removed garland from the list and added somebody else that's the reason that garland should have a beef with donald trump because he didn't get on the supreme court so that's where that tangent went did you have a, I, did, is there any tangents that you wanted to wrap up on about this story i i think i think um with that one i mean trump isn't the reason like that merrick garland got removed from the list let's be real honest right. about that the fact that you ended up with a conservative house a conservative senate and a conservative uh president i mean i'm using that term very loosely at this point right um you were never going to have merrick garland be their choice that yeah. was just that was that was always going to be the reality and the moment mitch mcconnell decided that you know they weren't going to move forward with merrick garland as uh, a replacement for uh the previous justice that it was just it was we all knew what was going to happen i agree 
Okay. So I, I don't, the, the issue isn't, I, I don't think the issue is, is, is it has anything to do with, you know, political rivalries at this point. I don't think so. I think either. it is. I think it's being played up as such, mm-hmm. um, whether or not that's a B, whether or not that's very effective right now. Um, there's, there's kind of some different measures out there on, on how effective that has been. Um, the biggest issue at hand is I think, you know, you're starting to see more and more conservative outlets are just tired of Trump. I agree. But you know, they're, they still have to pander to that party line. They still have to kind of trying to get the, the base fired up, but this one, I think this one is really going to test, you know, the, the metal of, of the actual Republican politicians about whether or not, you know, I, it just really heavily depends on what's in these documents that they found. Okay. And, and I think that's always been, that's always been the problem. Um, you know, there are really two pathways forward in this is, is that, you know, and I've, I've watched, I've, I've watched a few things, everything from, you know, if Trump doesn't indict, it's an indictment on our democracy to, sure. you know, Merrick Carlin just used the tools that he had on hand in order to get a bunch of documents back that belong to NARA. Okay. And that, you know, he's not going to prosecute because there might not be anything to prosecute. What is there to prosecute? Yeah, he had the documents. That's a crime, right? We can agree mm-hmm. with that. But it's in the grand scheme of things, it's a minor crime. Depending on what's in the documents. Yeah, depending what's in the documents and the intent. So if there was mm-hmm. phone records, say, or emails or other people in those rooms that they find in video cameras, you know, exchanging money for documents, then there's a real case. But other than that, I think legitimately there could just be work of a plea deal. And I think that's what the the country would rather have. Let's let's just think there's let's, gonna be let's that. keep things like, moving, but let's get a plea deal that says you're not gonna run for office anymore because you're just not fit, you know? And I think that's that, not gonna happen. That's a compromise I think that we might end up seeing. Nope. Yeah. Uh, we are not gonna see that. Like good. Then it's gonna be a fight. Too, it's either <laughs> it is literally either gonna be they're gonna charge him with with a crime. Right. Or they are going to just say, look, we asked you to give us these documents back. They did. And we had to get them back. Yep, and they did. after that, we're just not going to, we're just not going to pursue, you know, right. uh, a case against this. Right. And like I said, it just, it so heavily depends on what's in those documents. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see any sort of attempt to try and get him to plead to a lesser crime or anything like that. I think, I think that honestly, would depending be on what they worse. have, I think it would be far worse yeah. than if they, had ju- if they just full out charge him on, you know, if he has these, you know, materials that would qualify under the espionage act. Right. What he intended to do with that. If there was intent but, to distribute, then they could get him on a crime and then they could get him to plea to a lesser crime maybe, but that all depends but on that, you know, it all depends on that. But then, you know, if you, if you go with obstruction of justice, one of the things that, you know, it's, it's a pretty, it's a slap on the wrist and realistically right. 
you know, because because if there's nothing in these documents that you would qualify as criminal handling of government property, right? I mean, you could, I mean, technically, is it criminal handling of government property? Yeah, sure. It's mm. you know, you're all this information well, is supposed to be turned over to NARA. Depending on but, precedent, it wasn't a, it wasn't at the time of Hillary Clinton. You know what I mean? But then there's the law that Donald well, Trump signed into <clears throat> law, so it you know. Right, and also so, I I had said that there was only one confidential email in Hillary's emails, and it turns out there was actually seven email chains that had various degrees of top secret. So I was wrong yep. on that. You know what I mean? And I appreciate people giving me information <clears throat> in a rational way so that I can research it and come up with these mm -hmm. corrections and let people know. And it's so. Donald, you know, it's not apples and oranges there. You know, she wasn't the president. She didn't have physical copies and both of them were hiding it. <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the thing is, uh, you know, I'm not going to play what about, uh, I, yeah, think I don't it want was to. wrong. I think it was wrong when Hillary did it and but I thought it, she should have been charged for it. In a search for precedent, that's where I'm trying to lean to. It's that or Nixon and <clears> nobody <throat> remembers Nixon. So I'm trying to get somebody relevant. Bill Clinton got a blowjob and then tried to hide it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's similar to that. Remember when that was like what we called the fault of America's democracy was the president getting a fucking blowy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there's a you know, it's abuse of power. Period. End of story. And you know, you've got of course all these different power struggles that women have to go through, and it's it's wrong. Agreed. But nobody thought for a moment that a blowjob was going to topple America's democracy, <laughs> right? But imagine Bill Clinton just saying, I'm in an open relationship with my wife and I have extramarital relations. Oh, he's in an open relationship. Like in 2024, that could fly. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I, you know, I wasn't cheating on my wife. I was just in a polyamorous relationship with a significant other. <laughs> or, or ethically non-monogamous. I mean, right. but, <clears throat> but even still, like, even even amongst those communities we you know there's still the recognition you know that we see in not you know in in power dynamics you of know of course it, there's the you know you always have that question of can you really consent if someone's your boss right oh agreed and that's and and i think that's where most of us end up is is like we're not really sure that there is great consent practices if you know you're up and, you know if you're having to try and keep your job so that it's it's kind of why it's kind of why like I was always I'm always been a person where it's like I don't I I don't date coworkers for that very reason. You oh know? sure. It's just it, the idea to me of you know uh, somebody being uncomfortable showing up to work if if things don't work out just doesn't uh, it just doesn't feel good to me when things don't work out right. So it's it's always it's always one of those things where it's like hmm. it's like you know is it unfortunate? Yeah. But I think it's a lot more unfortunate if things don't work out. And then now you have this awkward workspace because uh, <clears throat> people you know, make things awkward. Whatever. They don't understand things have a beginning and an end. It's a chapter, not a book. You know, it's like, right. move on. We had a great time together for a while. And then we mutually agreed that we weren't anymore. We don't have to make that's a the problem is, is it, that, you know, that's the problem is, is that most people don't mutually agree that something is over. Like it's that's a shame. Just, and I think, I think it just go, I think it just boils down to this whole, like, you know, the best way that I know how to put it is, is that it might be over for one person 
but it's not over for the other. Mm. But that doesn't matter. If it's over for one person, it's over. Like, That's right. And and unfortunately, you know, we've gotten accustomed to this whole idea that, well, if we just keep fighting for it and, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes if it's over, it's over. And that's all you, you can do about it. Right. It, do, uh, it doesn't devalue you as a person. It devalues you as a unit, you know? <laughs> and it's, and it's, and I mean, it's, it's something that's a real struggle because, you yeah. know, what do you do with all of these feelings, emotions, and time that, you know, is now suddenly it's, it's, it's done and it's over, yeah. you know, especially if those feelings for you are still present. Sure. Like that's always the rough part is, is Put. that when you still have those feelings and it's, and you're standing there with nothing left, mm. you know, of that it's rough, yeah. but you know, that unfortunately, you know, there's not much you can do about that. It always reminds me, I, what I do is I write, I write a lot. Holy cow, I'll have a note about the end of a relationship after it's over. And I'll try and like justify it and rationalize it and all that. <clears throat> but in that, what I feel like it's it's like an addiction worth a withdrawal from an addiction worth having. Like it's the only withdrawal that I think is worth having is that mm-hmm. relationship. Because the harder the withdrawal is, the better that relationship was, the better that chapter in your life <sighs> is. And so but no, what I try and do is I try and convert things into things that make me feel better about it. You know what I mean? And so the harder I fall, the better I feel it was, and it was worth the withdrawal of it. It sucks, mm-hmm. you know, but in the end, I see what you're going for there. were you going to choose not to do it to avoid that? I'd rather feel the pain and have that joy than never have either one. I see what you're going with there. Yeah. I, I mean, I can definitely understand that. Cool. Um, you know, and unfortunately, it's like you never really, you never really know what to do. Uh, you know, mm. I think this is where you know one of the things that I've always struggled with about myself is is that there are some relationships that, even though they've been over for ten plus years, like still, hurts. I still love that person. Oh, like, yeah. and, and I know that I still love that person. And uh-huh. you know, nobody ever told you know nobody told me or taught me what to do with that or if that was normal or anything like that right uh, we've re- I mean, we've like suddenly really moved on from what we were talking about nobody, but this is fun nobody's ever taught us how to deal with that you know i was on that bottled up bitches and we were talking about something and i was like oh what what ruined me was i was watching porn and i looked up the porn star and found out she had been dead for 10 years <laughs> and when we think about those relationships we want to we want to remember those people as that porn star but they're they've evolved and grown some passed away so they're never the same you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's interesting but the want sometimes i just like oh i miss them so much because i just want to feel like something because i don't care (laughs) and i want to feel something though that's that's also a tough one too you know and and i think you know i i I can't say that I, you know, I can say that I've had those fleeting moments where I feel exactly that. Right. But the worst, I think the worst one for me is, is like, you know, there, there are certain relationships where I sit there and I go, I really did love that person. And Mm -hmm. I royally fucked that up or, or I really did love that. I really did love that person. And, you know, I, I, we, we go through that stage of maybe if I tried harder, yeah, maybe if I, did x y and z more if i did all of these other things yeah and you know realistically there's no possible way you know something that you know i 
have had to learn is, you know, just because you have those feelings, that doesn't mean that if you try harder, that somebody's going to have those feelings in return. And, right. You know, it's, it's a product of, you know, we're taught, we're taught that you just didn't work hard enough. You didn't mm-hmm. do all of these things. Yeah. And realistically, you know, we all have to sit down and, and reconcile with the fact that we gave our best at the time and our best either a wasn't enough or B wasn't for that other person. And yeah. you have to accept that. Like there is, there is no other way to put that, you know, that's true. I, I break most things off because I wasn't the right person for the other person and no one was calling it. You know what I mean? But it was easily established. <laughs> And that's the tough part is, is that, you know, like, especially, you know, especially for me where it's like, I have, you know, found myself deeply in love with people and that feeling has never gone away. It's like, is that, is that normal? Like, like do, are there people out there that even after they break up with someone, they're still in love with a person? Heck yeah. Yeah. Because there's degrees of love, isn't there? You can, mm -hmm. you can be in love with somebody you, or you can generally love them. You know what I mean? Like when I think of Devi, I think I love them. I'm not in love with them. You know what I mean? So there's a difference there. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's, you know, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, we end up talking about is, is that, you know, love someone as a person, like, uh-huh. absolutely. Like, you know, everything about them, uh, you know, everything about a person might be great, wonderful, fantastic, but in terms of like, is this a person that I want to spend every day of my life with? You might go, no. Right. How do you like their person, their person I want to talk to every day? Absolutely. But Mm. you know, I might not be someone who wants them in my life or the other, the other side of it for me is, is that, you know, it's like, you know, you sit down and you go, what would my life have looked like if, you know, I was still with this person because I still love them. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, that whole, uh, if that person, you know, were to show up today and say, I'm still in love with you. You have that gen genuine. I don't know what I would do with that because mm. I still feel the same. Is that normal? Right. The person, if the person that you knew 10 years ago walked up to you today or the person that had grown the past 10 years. That's, and that's, and that's the one thing that you can never fully fucking reconcile yeah, because some people change over 10 years. Some yeah. people change over a year. Some people never change. That's right. That's why I consider people just that my analogy is just that they're, they're planets in the universe. They have their own orbit and they'll come back around. Sometimes we align with Mars. Sometimes we don't, you know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. we align with Venus, but if you keep good people in your thoughts good people will orbit you now and again i mean there's comets they come back once in a while there's planets that come back every year there's stars that we can see from afar you know and just putting it all into perspective and knowing that the amazing thing is that you feel that like you feel that love for your life not just you you can feel it you care you're you're a human and that is so cool to be able to just have and some people, some people collect the negatives from a relationship. Some people eliminate those and collect the positives and the memory degradation, categorizing, you know, itemizing. And I always try and remember the good things, and I just try not to remember the bad. Although, in there's times of depression when the bad just is pretty much there, and then I put things in perspective, you know. Right. Sometimes, sometimes that's 
that's all there is in a relationship. Yeah. It is just bad. So, and I've, you know, I've got plenty of those under my belt too. And, you know, as a kid, you sit down and you blame everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, you blame them for all of the things that went wrong. And it's like, it wasn't me, it was them. And then yep. sometimes objectively, it is. <laughs> sometimes it is. And, you know, sometimes, you know, objectively, you kind of start sitting down and going, wow, I fucked that up. Wow, I fucked that up. Wow, I fucked that up. Oh, yeah. Wow, no wonder they weren't happy with me. I fucked up a lot of stuff. Right. And, 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 and I've had to reconcile a lot of that with myself too, yeah. uh, as I've gotten older, is, is that, you know, some of the some of the anger that I've harbored and some of the hurt feelings that I've harbored turns out, you know, that there's there's a good chunk of it that was my responsibility. And yeah. that was it was my responsibility to take that on and my responsibility to deal with that. But there's also some relationships too where it's like, well, yeah, I guess fuck that person because they did some really awful stuff and there's no coming back from that. It, you know, mm-hmm. I, I will I will I will own my mistakes and right. my problems, my issues. But I will not, you know, um, I will not say that, you know, the vast majority of failings or the major failings were mine. Right. You know? Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, dishonesty, you know, somebody not being honest with you, that's not your fault. Right. No one's on a high horse in a rela- when a relationship ends, you know? But no. the, but the, here's the thing. You, you couldn't change them. You shouldn't change them. You don't want to change mm-hmm. them. You want to find somebody that, doesn't have to change for you right? right like somebody that will evolve with you maybe in separate directions maybe in the same direction but you're always twisting because you come back together to talk about your experiences and then go and come and that's a relationship but sometimes people aren't like that you know what i mean some people are just not for our daily lives and so that's not a knock on them they're an amazing person they are the top of the line galaxy phone but i'm an iphone guy you know what i mean right you know and and that's i think one of the biggest issues is is that mm-hmm. nobody ever really sat down and and explained all of this stuff to us and that's what right. this really looked like right nobody knew there was so much possession involved in relationships that nobody knew there didn't have to be until just recently, you know? Right. You know, it's, you know, you had this whole, you know, this woman is my property. And then uh-huh. suddenly it's like, wait, we can do this for love. And then, oh, wait, you know, this is a partnership. And then, oh, wait, yeah. you know, sometimes these things only work out for so long. And, yep. you know, it's, the biggest problem for someone like me is, is that when something doesn't work out, I see it as a referendum on me. And that's Uh, something that I've been working on. Well, you do have to do a final analysis on your areas that needed improvement. Right. But the problem, the problem that I always had was, is that I couldn't like, I couldn't objectively sit down and say, you know what, Mm. these are, these were my failings. Yeah. These these are the things that I own that I didn't do or I did do. And you know, these are things that, you know, I will take into the future mm-hmm. and learn from, you know, it was either, you know, fuck this person and all their crazy bullshit or man, right. I royally fucked everything up. And, you know, I, it was like 100, like, like I didn't realize that you could, you know, you, you, it was a sliding scale. You didn't have yeah. to go 100 this way or 100 that way. Like it was, yeah. you know, genuinely, you know, 60% of it might have been my fault and well fuck that sucks or you know maybe only only 10% of it was my fault and that that also sucks but it's like well you know don't let that other don't let the rest of that be a referendum on you you know you yeah. can't control another person's actions that's or right feelings 
or anything else. If you fall in love with the tornado for two days, you shouldn't be mad at yourself that you tried the tornado, you know? But if you're going to fucking hang on to that shit for a year, you better be a boat, you know? <laughs> boat? Fuck, you better be a kite because you're going to be riding into a tornado. I was married to a tornado, and you just had to go with that ride and do what you could at the moment to, like, kind of divert it from the fucking populations, you know? But I've also oh, yeah. been in the other relationships where I what I feel is I read the tea leaves in the way that I want to read them in the relationship, and then I'm embarrassed at the way I read them a year later. You know, like mm. they weren't giving me the signs I thought they were giving me. I wanted to see the signs they were giving me. So I'm really sorry for that, ladies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's always the tough part. Is is that you know we all we all sit down and you know god there's been a couple of them where it's like you know oh man this relationship would have been great but you know it turns out like yeah looking back i'm like you know what that relationship was great for the time that we had it and that was all that there was to it there wasn't right there wasn't going to be anything more you know it was just it was just we had a great time um we sought mutual comfort comfort in each other Mm -hmm. doing certain things in order to you know just you know be humans don't, and don't make a comet a planet you know don't make a planet right. a moon <laughs> you know and so it you know there's been a couple of those but then there's, but there's still a couple of them out there where i'm like yeah Whew, i royally fucked that up and and yeah. you know i wish i would have had a clearer head yeah um me you know, too there is two or three people out there that could knock on my door and I would be back in love in an instant. Yeah. You know, and that's always the worst part is, is, is <clears throat> you know, sitting there with your mistakes. Oh, like nobody's, man. nobody ever taught you. Nobody ever taught me how to sit there with my mistakes. It was just like, yeah. they're just like, yeah, you just own up to your mistakes. It's like, okay. Or kill yourself with them the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and of course, you know, that's, that's been me is, yeah. you know, I'm the one that's like, just raking myself over the coals (laughs) because of my mistakes and good that's what and and that's the thing is is that you know there it's it's there is an appropriate level of wow i fucked that up Uh i guess i need to take this lesson you know and sit here uncomfortably with it for a hot minute yeah you can put jeffrey on the coals but at some point he's medium rare you got to take him off right and that's just exactly it Mm. you know i like that the problem was is that I try, I tried to go to the point where I was well done and had to be eaten with ketchup. Right. And I want to remind any of the ladies listening that, yes, there is two or three of you that if you knocked on my door, I would be back in love. But I am still me. <laughs> and that was the issue to begin with. I'm better now, but I'm still at my core, Jason. <laughs> if you like that, then come knocking on my door. So, uh, hard segue. No doubt there's drought, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's a little dry out there. Yeah. In some places. In some places. What's going on in Arizona, California, Nevada, the lower end of the 
table. Arizona says they want to create a desalinization plant in Mexico and then make uh, viaducts to get the water there. And that was your idea back in 2000, what, 20, 2021, 2022? The thing is, is that it's not my idea. It's... It's something that is currently being done, uh, and I think it would solve a lot of problems. It's an idea that you United, brought to the table. It's it's an idea that I brought to the table as a solution for for the U.S. You know, it's yeah. something that needs to be done and considered. Mm-hmm. Like it is not reasonable to sit down and go, "Oh my God, what are we going to do? How are we going to get all these people fresh drinking water? How are we going to, you know, keep our crops going?" And and you know, go, "Okay, well, we can desalinate ocean water." You know, we're worried about the ocean levels rising. Well, there's a bunch of fucking water right there. We just got to get the fucking salt out of it. Right. We can create new lakes. We can create new rivers. We can create new dams. We can create all sorts of infrastructure. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say we should do that. Mm-hmm. I would. What I would say is is that we have we have rivers, lakes, and streams and reservoirs that are readily available that need water. Oh. The question is, how do we get it there? Can we tie it into the Rio Grande and just create a water border and maybe put some crocodiles and snakes in there? Well, the problem is, is <laughs> that there's a bunch of people already drowning in the Rio Grande and got yeah. one side just sitting there watching and the other side, they're like, well, guess we're just going to keep sending people over. Sometimes I like to take a Trump lunacy and put it in modern day just to see if it's rational. Like at some point, did a moat with alligators seem reasonable? And was he ahead of his time or was he just batshit crazy? Moat, moat with laser sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we just go straight up Dr. Evil. <laughs> but so, so the thing about like, the thing about like having all of these, you know, having desalinization plans like you would genuinely i I believe you would genuinely have to create infrastructure in order to get water to where you needed it to be because you're going to need you're going to need a series of places reservoirs where water gets stored you're going to need Uh a series of reservoirs that's america no you're going to need a series of 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 lift stations and piping to get this water where it needs to go Mm mm-hmm and what that also means is, is that you're going to need a series of power generation systems Hell that are dedicated yeah. to this. Hell yeah. Which in which case, you know, like I was like we were talking about, you know, these new these new little fucking boxed nuclear reactors seem uh-huh. to be the trick. Right. Like you can legitimately spread this out and, you know. Yeah. The you know, to me it makes a lot of sense to seriously consider i love you it. know the the thing about it is is that you know you're gonna have a bunch of fights about well this isn't natural okay well you're sitting here complaining about a bunch of species dying out because of a drought yeah it's not natural but if your option is you know water that saves not only just you know these river species potentially but also you know keeps people from you know this is having other issues themselves this is you natural know. there was a dust bowl at one time mm-hmm. like this is very real this is something that can happen every 100 200 years we got to think about that 
right this is but, setting up for the future in mech if you're going if you're going to create a desalinization infrastructure system with viaducts and and electrical grids that go with that that is going to put us and mexican people to work creating a soft border that people aren't going to want to cross because there's jobs on both sides and that fits my no border scenario so i see this as a win-win it's always going to be a win. Anytime yeah. that anytime that you can create power, anytime that you uh -huh. can create water, anytime yes. that you can create infrastructure that solves a series of issues that people have. Uh -huh. Great. Like, don't get me wrong. There's some there's some things that you you know, you're not going to be able to turn the necessarily turn the desert itself into a place where you grow food automatically. It's going to you know you look at people who have you know stopped the encroachment of a desert by planting trees. And it takes time. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, it takes it does. a lot of energy. It takes, uh, but there's that's not to say that you couldn't put a greenhouse in the middle of the desert suddenly because now you have the ability to yeah. take a small section and turn it subtropical Just, and grow yeah. foods that you haven't been able to grow in certain areas. Imagine, before. imagine the communities, industrial, residential, industrial that build up along those viaducts, reservoirs, and power systems that were being created, and that's going to create an economy. And on the Mexican side, that's going to benefit us. The thing is, is what we do has to be, has to lift somebody else up as well. Otherwise it's going to bring other people down. So if we could work with Mexico to create this, I think that's amazing. I don't want Arizona to be like, that's ours. We, we bought the land, we incorporate it. You know what I mean? Like I, there's a real way to make this nice, real cool. Well, I think, I think there's a couple of expectations that we need to put in place first and foremost. Number one, I don't know what it's going to look like in terms of, you know, whether or not Mexico would get nuclear reactors the way that, you know, the United States could get nuclear reactors. That, right. that is a whole level of discussions that agreed. I don't know that we could necessarily, solve. we can't give it to Saudi two, Arabia. We shouldn't give it to Mexico. Right. Right. Or if we couldn't give it to Africa, you know, for right. example, in places that have been drought stricken, like, um, Ethiopia and Eritrea, you know, that, that have yeah. struggled with, with, with famine for a long time, despite the fact that, you know, they live fairly fucking close to water sources. Well, no, know, nobody intelligent, nobody intelligent ever wanted to go over there and say, what would grow in this? And then they found this amazing wheat that's like withstands everything that became the genetic model for all of the wheat going forward. So Africa is like the way that it's evolving. I think it's really cool. And it's a new audience for us. So yay, Africa. <laughs> Well, so, and, and here's where, and here's where we also have to put in some of our own expectations. Number one is, is that what is going to work with nuclear power in the short term, we need to figure out how to make it renewable and sustainable in the long term. Oh yeah. You know, we can't, we can't sit down and fully rely on this idea that, you know, we're going to have endless radioactive supplies. Right. Unfortunately, I don't, that's not a realistic expectation. However, I say this, however, what we do have is we do have a, a, a source of sunlight that is constant. The question is, is how do you create enough power using small enough space uh -huh. in order to desalinate ocean water in order to get it to these places where, you know, nuclear is probably never going to be on the table. I mean, let's be real honest. 
the idea that Ethiopia or Eritrea is going to have nuclear reactors available oh, to them right. is no. You know, you're never going to you're never going to see that happen. That's just devastation. But somewhere like like Ukraine has a big nuclear plant that that powers a lot of different countries in a lot of different ways. And so right. there's there's solutions everywhere. I think there's there there are solutions. And and I think what that means is is that you know if there's a way that people can come up with better ideas on how to generate that power, mm-hmm. how to store that power, how to make it so that way you can get that water from, you know desalinated and move it okay. inland. You know, you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see a lot of demand for that. Mm -hmm. And, and this is where, you know, you're going to have to put to bed some geopolitical issues because if you're in the middle of, if you're in the middle of a fucking continent and you're having a problem with another country that, you know, has a pipeline to water, Uh I'm not saying that you need to, you know, make nice with dictators, but what I am saying is, is that you know, there's going to have to be some level of acceptable body that says, you know, look, you know, water is a human right, as it should be. As it should be. And and how we get water to all these places that are underserved mm-hmm. is a great question that is going to need to be answered. And how do we, yeah, how do I, I agree with that? How do we re- keep water in the hands of the people and not corporations? Because I remember George Bush towards the ends of his right after his presidency invested like we found out he had bought the rights to land in fresh water all over the world and i thought that was concerning back then you know and now water's even at a premium more but we need to build the infrastructure that benefits everybody and get it to everybody you know we had we need to make Mm -hmm. it like a standard like a river you know what i mean and that's where and that's where something you know that's where these things are really Uh tough because you know, water rights are and continue to be like a major struggle yeah. because, you know, in like conservative what, you, states, in that conservative area, farmers are conservative. In Arizona, if if you're eating lettuce <clears throat> in the winter, it comes from Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. If you're drinking California, Arizona, yep. if you're drinking wine from California, you know, it's like this cotton. That's what these people produce. That's our clothes people, you know, and they're fighting over water with golf courses, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's certainly going to be, um, it's certainly going to be a fight. Um, but I think that if there are ways that we can create multiple desalinization paths, Mm -hmm. multiple, you know, like, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to solve. Um, I'm not saying it's going to solve the the flooding, uh, you know, of rising oceans. All right. But what I am saying is, is that you know, if we're concerned about where we're going to get water, we shouldn't be as concerned because we have a steady source. We just have to make it usable. That's right. But we, I think, from England's droughts to Germany's drought, Germany's flood. Holy cow! Uh, mm-hmm. China's droughts. Uh, all of the our droughts like all over the fire fires in places there hasn't ever been fires you know fires in our in our i think we can agree that like global warming is here like climate change you can still pander with the existence of but right now it seems like it's here i call it climate change but right in this moment we can call it global warming you know (laughs) 
Right. <clears throat> and you if, know, and I was looking at I was looking at the hydrologic outlook for for Washington. It's going to be another La Nina year for you know, and what we're looking at is going to be another wet winter. Yeah. You know, mountains that potentially will have record snowpacks wow. again. You know, which great for us, like mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to have water issues necessarily. Like we're we're we've been considered out of our drought. Granted, this summer's been pretty dry. But if we get it, if we get another record snowfall year, that's, you know, we're not going to necessarily have a whole hell of a lot to worry about. Right. You know, but that doesn't mean that, that, you know, other places like, you know, Central Valley, California, where they're fucking hurting. Yeah. Death Valley is like, anyway, it's bad. It's bad. And California is, they're predicting that it's about to have a record flood of eight feet or more you know and it's going to turn part of california into an inlet sea <laughs> so i mean mm-hmm. the the twists and and we all know in kentucky what happened with the floods people died you know joe biden mm-hmm. had to go there because mitch mcconnell and Rand paul couldn't by the way everybody there's a real chance this isn't where i'm going with this isn't a tangent this is just a mention charles booker is running against Rand paul in kentucky for uh to be the senator and nobody i don't think anybody had that like card in their senate change race but oh god could we <laughs> you know? the people of kentucky really like charles booker he was marching with black lives matter running against amy mcgrath when amy mcgrath hid from the black lives matter and so people and he's like a school teacher that decided to run because they're so he's a really good guy charles booker you could do worse you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you, and you have it in Rand Paul, you know, so, okay. So drought, I think is drought is real. And if I think Republicans are starting to get on board as corporations begin to get on board too, but I don't think they are on board in a real serious way yet. I don't think they're on board <clears throat> in a real serious way yet because they're not looking at ways to address the issue, uh-huh. you know, like, you could seriously sit down and say, oh yeah, no, here's the way to address it. You know, nuclear powered desalinization plants that are Fuck going yeah. to, you know, you know, the infrastructure that you will need it will pipe water inland to all these different places that uh-huh. serve all these different, you know, and that's the other thing is, is some of the stuff that people are going to have to keep in mind is, is that, you know, this water, you know, is going to be, you know, it's going to evaporate. It's going to go into the air. It's going to help in terms of how much moisture is in the air. It's cloud production. It's going to the trees that are going to be growing around it. Yep. So, I mean, there are, there are things that it can do. Right. And, you know, we stopped imagining that's the problem. But at one point somebody was like, we should make a Hoover dam. And then they did that shit. America has been riding on the advancements we made a hundred years ago. And we really should start making advancements now so that we can ride on those for the next hundred years. Well, the problem has been, it's not, it's, it hasn't just been that we stopped imagining it's that we we've started looking at what has been done and go, Nope, we need to undo that. Nope. We need to undo that. Nope. We need to undo that. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, you know, is there a problem, you know, for native fish populations whenever you create a dam like that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But if you're creating a a self-contained water infrastructure that starts at desalinization and goes to local communities, then you're not on, you're not killing the, 
native population, you're building an infrastructure that never had it to begin with and creating a new ability for a species to exist. Well, you're, you're, you're creating the ability for, uh, existing species to survive is mm -hmm. what I will say. Okay. Um, and one of the things that everybody's going to have to keep in mind with something like this is, is that as inland places dry historically, people then move to major cities. Oh yeah. And if those inland places don't have water, those major cities aren't going to have water either. That's right. Water flows downhill. That was my thought when you said that you weren't going to be facing a drought. I was like, well, we just now found the new southern border of livability, right? Like Washington State is going to be the only livable part of the United States, the northern region there. Well, what you've ended up having is over the course of several different droughts, you know, for example, there was uh, it, it, growing up in Montana, you always heard this whole, well, with California facing a drought, they're talking about trying to pipe water from Montana. Yeah. And I'm, and I looked at that and I went, that's fucking dumb. They talked about that again too. Well, and that's where it's like, why are you trying to pipe yeah. water from a place that already struggles with having access to water when you can literally create access to water yeah. and have it available reliably That's your right. biggest get, issue get your, own. <laughs> your biggest issue that you're going to have to solve for is what are you going to do with the salt yeah that's true that's true that's literally it and even then there's there are probably things that you could do with that salt that you probably haven't really thought about for example um down in arizona what they do with uh how they how they create you know renewable power plants down there is they use molten salt nice they use mirror they use solar towers to collect and heat that molten salt and oh. that molten salt you know heats up water and turns generators Heck so yeah. imagine setting up a bunch of those you know in desert areas where you can literally get i like that you know this isn't going to be like your high quality salt that you want to eat this is literally going to be shit that you're like well, if this works out and we can, you know, sell yes. a bunch of this and create a bunch of, you know, solar collectors, Hell you know, yeah. in places around the world where it's sunny yeah. and desert. Yeah. Great. You know what else? You could literally turn, you could literally turn the Sahara into a fucking power generation. Wouldn't station. it be beautiful? And the other part is, you know, when, when there's higher level, lower levels of salt in the ocean, jellyfish are, are born, but more salt it kind of kills off some of the jellyfish because they're an invasive species. And so that would actually bring some of our, some of our, um, sea life back. I like the idea of that, but drought is real, man. Drought is real. And most people in the world are feeling it. You know, mm -hmm. I just it's... happen to live on the Gulf coast, so <laughs> I don't notice it yet. Well, and that's just it is, is that, you know, places where you're getting consistent storms, uh -huh. you're not going to notice it places where you're not getting any fucking rain. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. You guys get slammed with hurricanes all the time. California that's doesn't get true. that. Oh my God. Yeah. Hurricanes suck yeah. so bad. Wow. Which I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like this hurricane season has been a lot quieter than some of the ones of the past. Yeah, the first one is just predicted for Mexico and parts of Texas. That's my problem. Poor Texas. What the fuck, Texas? It's almost like God is telling them their governor sucks this hard. They're going through a drought 
and a hurricane just after going through a loss of a power grid, you know, just going through a, a drought. Just so, geez, you know what I mean? I feel bad for Texas. So I was like, I'm, cause I was sitting here going, you know, I haven't heard really a whole hell of a lot yeah. on hurricanes. This you won't. Year so I moved. Far. I moved to Florida, so you won't hear much about them again. I mean, even in the even generally in the news, like you haven't heard a whole hell of a lot about it. Like yeah. it's like maybe it's just been really quiet this it, year. It has been really quiet this year, which I I appreciate. So, but they're coming. They'll come. They come later in the year. So which. You know, yeah, that's the case. That's what's the what's case. really cool about the hurricane coming to Texas is that Greg Abbott, in a good deed for migrants, is busing them out of harm's way to New York. Uh, New York has received over 6,000 immigrants, 1,000 children, and they're offering them mental health and medical services. They're enrolling the children in in school, and they're asking Greg, Greg Abbott to maybe prioritize the children because school year is starting, and they want to get them in as soon as possible. And I bring that up to say that, guess what? It's not Greg Abbott's America. You know what I mean? It's not his view of America. You can send the immigrants to places that call themselves sanctuary cities. That's why they call them sanctuary cities. And we need those workers. So <laughs> it's amazing how New York is handling this and how petty Greg Abbott looks in the process. Well, and, and uh, this is, like I said, this is what always got me is the fact that, you know, the idea that the the immigrants that are coming into the country aren't conservative right. politically right. is is a weird flex because, yeah. like, I don't know too many you know fresh across the border immigrants that are like diehard liberal no. unless they're from Europe. <laughs> They just want to live their life. And they're not anything, honestly. No. But the truth is, is the cattle ranchers, the farmers, the, the food processing plants in Florida, having the people that would be filling those jobs, picking the cabbage, processing that chicken, gutting that, that cattle's being shipped to New York. Like, they can't get the cheap labor anymore, and our food prices go up. And I think that's something that needs to be noticed, too, because Texas does a lot of that. And Greg Abbott's saying, no, you can't have the work you need. And I know that those people are conservative. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, you know, that's the thing is, is that, I, I, you know, you're – you're losing out on potential yeah. conservative voters because they're looking at, you know, they're looking at you. Go, wow. These places don't fucking want us. Well, I guess, you yeah. know, if it's, you know, based on politics, then maybe I will vote liberal. Whereas if it was like, you know what, if you got conservative values, you want to work hard mm -hmm. and makes, you know, and, and just keep your head down and we'll take it. Yeah. Texas would probably be, you know, even more of a conservative powerhouse. I think, I think that we've had a readjustment of, party and we don't even realize it i think what liberal what you're calling liberal is moderate and i think progressive is now liberal and i think on the other side is kind of the same way you got the rhinos and then you got the magas and it's readjusted that way i think i think a moderate democrat locally concerned about the same issues you're concerned about is the same thing as a republican that you don't know but you can trust mm -hmm. yeah I think, you know, I, I, I look at, you know, I look at those, those centrists essentially uh -huh. and go like, these are people that they, 
they agree on the issue. They disagree on the method of fixing the issue. That's what I'm looking for in an in off. And that's official. it. That's it. That's it. It's like they they see, yeah, mm-hmm. genuinely, okay, there's a problem here. Yeah. It's like this is how I think we should solve it. This is how I think we should solve it. Right. Mm. Whereas, you know, the progressives, uh, most of the, uh, I wouldn't even call them the progressives. I would call them leftists. Mm-hmm. The leftists and the MAGAs are just screaming at each other. That's right. That's right. And neither of them are, they're not getting their way. And when they don't get their way fully, it's like, America has fallen. What has this country become? Right. And it's like, um, well, it's still the same ba- built on well it's supposed to be the same built on compromise mm-hmm. country because you know every other country whether they have two political parties or eight ten are built on compromise it's yeah. like hey you know these are how we think we should solve these issues and then you got like seven other voices that you know speak up and they're like well okay well how do we come together to solve this one issue and well, one guy going i don't wear a coat and i'm going to yell through everything you want to try and accomplish <laughs> yep yeah, and the other side, the same thing. So that's a shame. Mm-hmm. I think I think people need to realize on both sides, well, if you're angry with the political system, it's your party that let you down. It's not the other, other party you need to attack. It's your party you need to fix. <laughs> and that's Democrat right. or Republican. And mm-hmm. people are now talking about independence as a real force. And thank you. Because... 22% being Republican, 33% being Democrat. They're both minority parties, and they never will be a majority without the, what, 45% independent. So I registered as independent, but I originally registered as a Republican until Obama came. And then I voted for change in Obama, and then I voted against Trump. <laughs> so right. that's, that's my I voting mean, that's, record. That's been the tough part is it's like, you know, I started out as a, you know, a Republican. I grew up in conservative areas. I mm-hmm. you know, typically in favor of less government involvement. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I watched consistently as the government gets involved in shit and they fuck it up. Yeah. But the problem was, is that the Republican party did not turn into the Republican party of, you know, Hey, let's, let's balance this budget. Hey, let's talk about actually, you know, looking at how we spend our money and right. making sure that we're spending it responsibly. It was, we're not them. And I'm like, great. That doesn't fix anything. That's right. Yeah. And, and because we've had, we're not them for, you know, fucking the 10 20, years. 25 years at this point. Yeah. Like whether it's Republican or Democrat, yeah, I guess we're not since them. like Bush and Gore, right? Because remember, you know, Clinton was the last time that we had a, you know, we didn't run a fucking deficit. Well, yeah, and Clinton was the one Democrat that realized he had to go to the right on criminal justice and immigration yeah. to get those conservative voters. But those don't happen anymore. Since Bush and Gore, it's like my side, your side, my side. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And and That's so sad. now, and so now it's just... You know, we watch as the government continues to spend a bunch of money that they don't have. We watch as, mm-hmm. you know, you have one party make a whole bunch of laws and then the other party go back through and re undo all of it and then make their own laws and then yeah. it swings back and then it swings back and then nothing's getting fixed because it's my ideas, my ideas, my ideas, my ideas, not, well, fuck, how do we make this work? Right. I, you know, yeah. I agree. I have two thoughts on that, but I do want to ask you because somebody had mentioned Liz Cheney lost. 
Did you yep. hear that Liz Cheney law? Liz Cheney law. Can I say it again? Liz Cheney law. I'm switching through the channels right now. Liz Cheney, Liz, Ch Liz Cheney lost. Anyway, everybody thinks that's a big deal. I want to remind every, everybody, every progressive on the left side that Liz Cheney rode the Trump train through an impeachment, through to Trump tax things. She voted with him 93% of the time. Good riddance, I say. Go let her be a fucking philanthropist and fucking you know in her in her state i don't really care what she does but do you <laughs> do you care and if she had to join a party that could already be on the ticket would you mind if she ran as a libertarian i think i think uh, i think is if liz she ran a libertarian as, i think if liz ran as a libertarian you know it would definitely be interesting i don't think she's a libertarian okay uh, the the thing is is that i don't see her as the type of person who is strongly in, is actually strongly in favor of less government involvement because let's remember she voted she voted with Trump ninety three percent of the time yeah and a lot of the stuff ended up being you know more government involvement that's that's just the reality right I think where people are you know saying oh good riddance to Liz but they're not thinking about who the fuck they Wyoming actually just voted in right the issue at hand is is that oh I get that. I don't, I may not necessarily be a Liz Cheney fan, but I do believe history will smile on Liz Cheney, much like history smiled on, on, you know, any number of, of people who stood up against tyrants at their time. Yeah. I, I, totally the reality agree. is, the reality is, is that I don't agree with Liz Cheney on her politics, mm -hmm. but I agree with Liz Cheney on the, on where she drew her line in the sand and that was that's where i have a problem with this her. person this person is someone who does not value democracy who does not accept when they lose uh -huh. who does not accept when they are wrong and was never going to bow out Agreed. just because just and and this is something that we have to keep in mind i love who things. she's been since she got on the off-ramp I just think there was a few off ramps way before that that she could have taken. So she's not getting like full saint credit from me. <laughs> she's oh, just a conservative in a fucking state with five hundred and eighty thousand people. You know, <laughs> let's let's be real honest. Conservatives like Mitt Romney, like yeah. Adam Kinzinger, I like Adam like Kinzinger. Liz, like Liz Cheney. Yeah, they vote with Trump's policies. They voted with Trump's policies. Uh -huh. They did not necessarily like trump's politics right but the actual can the actual uh legal work and uh, legislative work that came out of it was yeah. enough for them right because trump was politics he wasn't <laughs> policy there was people around him like stephen miller mitch mcconnell kevin mccarthy that was that were creating the policy and that's and that's one of the things that we have to keep in mind is, yeah. is that as far as as far as the policy goes yeah, yeah. you know they were they were on board with the policy they weren't on board with the politic right and that's and 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 at some point you know yeah wow. you have to look at this and go do i agree with liz cheney on 100 percent of things hell no no do i agree with liz cheney on the fact that donald trump was a threat to our democracy agreed yeah. totally and and the th the reality is is that all of the general legislative and policy, you know, all the gen general legislative legal lawmaking, mm -hmm. those things end up in the in in the annals of history. You know, you look at 
you you will see there are minor things most of the time that we made a big deal out of that you know fade into nothingness yeah but there are certain things that will never fade and how people stood up to someone who refused to accept the fact that they lost an election Agreed. how someone stood up to uh, their own party to sit to show that they were not going to bow down to someone who mm -hmm. just wanted power I, I agree. I would reelect her just based on what she did after the off-ramp. She's an American hero, and she'll go down in history as that. I have respect for her for that. And well, I just wonder what happened the first four years. You know, <laughs> she was getting what she wanted, so she kind of turned. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to indict Liz Cheney. She's a great person. She did a great you job. Can't. She's doing a great job. I would take her over. Harriet Hagerman any day of the week. And I think, I think, what state is that? I, I had it in my head. Kansas? I think they're idiots. I think they're idiots for not keeping her in power. People said Wyoming. they, Wyoming, thank you, Wyoming. I think people cried because they weren't, they couldn't vote for a Cheney for the first time in their lives. People in Wyoming actually were on TV crying, saying, I really wanted to vote for a Cheney, but what she's doing to the president is awful. And that's what I'm going um, to wrap up on that. A criminal's a criminal. Chase him down. You know, you, you know, he already admitted he was a criminal. They said it's a crime to take the documents. He said, I have the documents. Anyway, did you? can I wrap up or did you want to follow up? Okay. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. My name is Jason. His name is Jeffrey. And we covered a couple topics, but we got a few more coming up in our Thursday show. So come back, tune in, get down, and get high. Get ready for the next episode. <laughs> na -na 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 -na. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all Place. And I don't care how tough you are, they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. It's In this depression. lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome, welcome to Public, to public Access, Access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. Streams. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. On Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Stitcher, Smart, Stitcher Radio, Smart Radio, 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 Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.